<laughs> Mate, I was the same. I had everything set up too and I'm going, okay, I'll just cruise down at two minutes to 11 and I've been sitting here for six minutes going, fuck this computer, the internet's not working. <laughs> So you were saying you moved 90 minutes north of Sydney? Yeah, yeah, just before COVID, we uh, we sort of wanted to about three three or four years ago, we were sort of thinking destina- which destination do we want to go? How far do we want to go? Um, I've still got a business in Sydney, which I still need to go back to once or twice a week. So we were sort of going, okay, do we go as far as the you know mid-north coast, northern rivers or... Do we go the mid coast, like around you know Coffs Harbour, Bellingham, that sort of way, or do we just go somewhere easy to drive to and from in a day, which is Central Coast? So, yeah, we decided on Avoca Beach, and um, my parents always brought brought me here for holidays as a kid. So, been coming up here for twenty five odd years, and every time I come here, it just feels like I'm on holidays. So, we're like. Let's just go there. Let's just move there. It sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, you're telling a really similar story. That's how I landed in Noosa, or you know, more correctly, Sunshine Beach. That my wife and I would come up. The lady that introduced the two of us, who my wife's known since she was a teenager, maybe earlier than that, and I studied with her. She introduced us. So this lady introduced us. Moved up to Queensland 15 years ago or something. So we kept coming up to visit. Right, cool. And we got to the point where we, we kept saying, hang on, why are we going home? Why is this not home? <laughs> and, then, and then you, what are the hurdles and, and the hoops that we have to jump through to actually move from Victoria to Queensland? So it sounds like a really similar story. Like why, yeah. why is home back there when it could be here? Yeah, totally. What was the, what was the deciding factor? to get out of Sydney and move to Avoca? For me personally, it's probably yeah. the surf. Probably surf. the ocean. This, you know, like we were saying before, you know, just getting getting waves where it's uh, it's not so crowded. You know, getting a little peek to yourself and being able to surf that for half an hour by yourself, feel like you're in the middle of nowhere and connected to the, the ocean and the planet and just, yeah, get away from it all. Yeah. yeah, so nice. I think there's something about the beach that's primal. Yeah. I think it reminds you of your place on oh, the planet. Man, totally. Especially when the, the ocean is alive, you know, like the swell's huge and smashing up against the beach. And the, yeah, it's like, woof, okay, we're not in control here. <laughs> no, no, no. You've got to have respect for that, don't you? Oh, man, that's it. That's the word. 100%. And a bit of a bit of awe at the power and majesty of that great expanse of water. Yeah. Like my family and I have a saying that the, the beach solves everything. So, and the context of that is when we're all about to have a royal rumble in the lounge room because we've got our own agendas and we're just arguing with each other, banging, <laughs> in, banging heads, walk to the beach. Yeah. And you get your feet in the sand, the wind in your hair, and probably splash around in the waves a little bit, and all of a sudden, all that other bullshit just goes away. Totally, yeah. It's a reset. It is a perfect reset. Yeah. 
and I, I think when I finally moved up here and people have been talking about getting grounded and putting your feet in the dirt, finally got it when I got to the beach. Mm. Ah, I'm feeling connected here. That's what this is what we're talking about with vibrations and magnetic fields and all that kind of stuff. Maybe that's what this all is, right? Totally, man. Yeah. Something about the the salt water and yeah, getting your getting your shoes off and getting your bare feet in the sand and cruising down the beach and jumping into that, like you said, this enormous body of water, which is like, whoa, like I'm going to feel like I'm a long way from anywhere. It's like a, I feel like a little cork floating in a huge bathtub. It's just <laughs> um, I'm really lucky here because I can get the, the big beach breaks where it gets really messy and you have to really concentrate or else you're in a rip and then you have to paddle yourself back in. Mm which is just too much effort because, you know, I, I'm not on a board. I, I just go out by myself and have a bit of a swim, a bit of a body yeah. surf. Or I can go up around the, the northern beaches up here, so into Tea Tree, Granite Bay, um, even Main Beach when there's not a lot of people around. And it's just chilled out because it doesn't get the big east swell mm. or anything up from the south that comes up the east coast. It's all just little protected and you can get these little nice little beach breaks and they're just little... Nice little rollers. Like a big pool. So yeah. it's beautiful to have those two options. What, you know, what do I feel like connecting with in the ocean today? Something chilled out or a bit of a, a, bit of a battle? Bit of a challenge, yeah. A bit of a challenge. <laughs> it's cool having multiple like locations to, to go and, yeah, depending on how you feel. It's lovely. I can remember get, uh, being at Wollongong and they've got that big um, beach pool where they've just, like on the rocks, they've got the... You know, they've made like a swimming pool on the rocks. Yeah. And the, the surf just comes in and smashes over it. And then you've got this little, you get the best of both worlds there, except the day that we were there was so big that the pool was just. <laughs> you couldn't swim be, in it. It'd be mental to go in the pool, right? Because that, that's where the death is. That's where the trap is. <laughs> you see all the grommets holding onto the chain and <laughs> just getting smashed. <laughs> I don't see that up here. It's a very sort of Sydney and surrounds thing that idea of putting a beach right uh, putting a pool right on the beach on, yeah. in the rocks totally I've seen it up, up this way. new south wales man like south coast from south coast all through sydney up the north central north coast says yeah all the pool beaches and every couple of beaches you've got another pool and every couple of beaches you've got another pool yeah I, wonder, I would love to know the history of that because there's also a bunch of pools that haven't been maintained by the local council in there. You can see the ruins. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> the ocean's got it. <laughs> There's nothing that I can think of up here that has that level of history. Like at, at Kings Beach down in Caloundra, there's, there's a pool which is somewhat on the foreshore, but it's removed from, you know, it's not a beach pool. It's not a sea pool. It's not the ocean mm. or whatever. It's a different thing. So there's a few of those around, which I always wonder about. Like what, what was the point in that? Like if you go to the beach, go to the beach. Why would you go to the beach to go to a pool? Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't jerry with me. Now, I, I can understand that there are some people that might not want their kids to go into the surf because they don't know what it's all about. There's no training there and there isn't the respect and understanding of what the water's like. I was wonder why would you put a pool <laughs> near the water? <laughs> there's a few of them around. Yeah, there's lots of them around. I mean, there's one at North Sydney in the middle of, you know, the harbour down in Sydney. And there's, there's another one down at North, like North Wollongong I've been to before. I've walked past it to get into the ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like at Coolum. It's a huge pool at Coolum. You walk across the road through the foreshore and you're 
on the beach. Mm. Okay, well, that's interesting. I mean, I guess you've got to put a pool somewhere, but why don't you go for a swim in the surf? <laughs> so totally. I just, it's, I mean, you know, I, it's, I'm not judging. I just don't understand it. It's yeah. another, another one of life's great mysteries. Yeah. Different people, got different values, you know. True. True. So uh, you moved with your family. So how, how, how many, yeah. of, how, what's, what does your family look like? Uh, wife and two, two kids. Ah, and a girl. The mythical pigeon pair. Yeah. An air and a spare. <laughs> yeah, no, they're great. They're, at, they're both at school now, so that's great. It gives my wife a bit more time. Uh, so did you move up before the kids were in school and they slotted in or? Yeah. Uh, well, one of them was in school. So yeah, so he was already in school. So he changed schools, but my daughter was in daycare and then went to started started kindy this year. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes it a little easier. We moved up and both kids were at primary school and then moved into the state school before we got them into the local Steiner school. So there was this, like hop, skip and jump to get to schools. Oh, yeah. It was a bit funny. So, uh, Did you go to Steiner school as a kid? No, I didn't. I didn't. So we found this. We, we knew nothing about the Steiner philosophy. And to be quite honest, some of it's great. Some of it just strikes me as complete bullshit. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is it's a very natural school in the bush. Everything's built out of timber. Yeah. Uh, they have blackboards. Uh, everything's sort of tactile and creative yeah and the kids aren't put into a little box you know to say you need to you need to study this you need to be good at that or else you'll never get anywhere in life there's none of that kind of stuff that i Mm. had to wear as a kid and the man that took us around was just such a gentle wonderful soul and he's he's down in victoria now but he pretty much sold it to us without trying to sell it to us Mm. my wife and I because we, we came up we were very conscious about where we wanted the kids to go in terms of the school yeah. I, don't, I don't think either of us were terribly excited about a state school for mm. our kids because the reason to get up here was to have something outside of the mainstream for the family mm. and um, yeah it just so happened that that was the one that sort of sat best and it, was, oh. and it happened to be a Steiner school. I mean, I, I, yeah. it's not the philosophy as much as the approach to teaching that we really like. That's cool. Looking behind me because yeah, um, my puppy's coming to say Oh, there he is. <laughs> She's got the sad eyes on today. Why haven't you, you walked me? <laughs> yeah, She's just walking off. Yeah. No, I've, I've experienced all, uh, all types of school. I started in a public school. They went to a Steiner school. And went to private school. Yeah. All right. And my two sisters are both younger than me. They went Steiner school all the way through, all uh-huh. 12 years, or 13 years. Yeah. How did you find it? Now, this is going to be interesting because you've got the experience across effectively your three types of schools. You've got your state, your independent, and your private. Mate, as a, as a kid, when I was year five, year six, I was pretty sort of, um, I, I guess, hard to control. So. I like to talk a lot, um, disrupt the class. So I spent a fair bit of time in the in the hallway. <laughs> at the Sounds like you were just being and, a kid. And the teachers asked me to leave. So <laughs> teachers asked you to leave the state school. The, no, they asked me to li- leave the Steiner school. <laughs> so wow. mum and dad shipped me off to to a private school for a bit of discipline. <laughs> 
And it all worked out fine. Yeah. But um it's funny, my um my boy was having some pretty decent difficulties at the school and the approach seems to be from all of the support staff who were trying to do their best that he needed to change. He was adamant and my, when my son gets an idea in his head, it's really difficult to change. So as parents, we still, we didn't really know what the difficulty was, whether mm. it was a perception or a truth on his behalf, but he was fixated on one other student in his class who was bullying him and picking on him and doing all of this kind of stuff. And he just said that when he leaves, I'll be okay. Hmm. So even with the understanding that that may be true, my wife and I didn't know what to do because we can't make another kid leave. So we were trying our best in a conscious way to explain to our son that you might have to learn how to deal with this. Hmm. And in the meantime, the teachers kept coming up saying, it's being a bit of a problem, there's trouble, rah, 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 rah. Well, anyway, this other kid leaves. All the problems go away. <laughs> My son comes home today, it was great. I'm not wanting to stay home from school. Not all, everything fixed up. And so I, was, I sat there with that for a while. It's like, hey, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Not that I didn't listen to my son, but there was an opportunity to listen more deeply and realize that it was ex he was telling me exactly what was going on in his own way. Mm. And he was telling the teachers as well. And I had no understanding of how much of an impact this one other individual was having on his experience in school. Wow. So it's a completely, he's a, he's a different student now. Yeah. Far out. That's so cool. He totally manifested it. <laughs> Set his intention on what he wanted. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know how that happened. It, it was just, cool. you know, and to, to be fair, this other student was troublesome for a lot of other people. It wasn't just hmm. my boy. So everything kind of picked up. Everything worked Wow. Out. The universe works in mysterious ways, doesn't it? I, don't know, you know, the, I think the lesson for me was no matter uh, how much you think you know as a dad and how well you think you're doing, <laughs> there's so much more to learn. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's like the meaning of life a bit, right? <laughs> it's always got more to learn. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Never ending. It's never ending. Never ending. No. Uh, so he's all good now? Yeah. Well, it's, it was, as I say, just like profoundly different experience that he has. Same kid, same belief structures, talks the same way, just doesn't have this distaste for school anymore. It's like, huh, all right. How good. Yeah. Well, it's wonderful. And, and then I, the, the flip side of that is, I also hope that he has developed some skills in dealing with other people that he doesn't get along with. Mm. You know, if he believes that the removal of people is the solution, then <laughs> there might be a difficulty down the track, right? Because <laughs> we, we absorb a lot as kids and, and they yeah. become our belief structures as adults until we get to the point where we start questioning everything and try and find our own path, right? Totally. So that'll be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah. 
Still more to learn for all of us, for the dads and the sons. <laughs> how, do, how do you, uh, do you have like a philosophy around fathering, like a, a, an underlying kind of ethos around how you approach it? Um, I think for me, it's just mostly be there as much as I can for the kids to, to sort of share in their experience, you know, and they're sharing their life as much as I can growing up. Um, yeah, I, I sort of try and create a, a schedule, you know, daily, weekly schedule so that I can, you know, do, do the things I love, which, you know, I love my work, I love what I do, but I also love, you know, family and surfing. So fitting in as much, uh, time with the kids as I can, whether it's, you know, dropping them to school or picking them up from school and, you know seeing them at the school gate and giving them a big hug and embarrassing <laughs> yeah. them as much as possible with unconditional love yeah totally like and just um being you know most i, I rarely work on weekends you know because that that for me is is family and family and surfing time really <laughs> if i'm not surfing i'm with the family and uh vice versa so yeah lovely What's yours? I'm developing it. Um, it's definitely got a, a lot in common with that just be there idea. Uh, but it's, uh, I've, I've moved into something of a not forcing kind of uh, parenting. Oh, she's back. Here's one, of, here's one of the kids, the fairy kid, four-legged fairy kid. Every time I do a podcast, she says hello. The interesting thing is my daughter's home today because she's tired. Hmm. So that they, but apparently that's a reason to stay home. It's like I, a said I'm I said I'm recording a podcast, darling. Can you just, yeah. So she's taking care of the puppy who's now here. <laughs> so, you know. I don't, I don't know what that means for my parenting, but it's, uh, she's all right. <laughs> she can join us. <laughs> I get to pat the pup. But back to your question about parenting, not forcing. So not feeling like I am obliged to give instruction or give nuggets of wisdom or point the direction or be really restrictive about what can and can't happen. Hmm but still trying to find out where those boundaries are because boundaries are important for everyone. Mm. I think kids sometimes, sometimes kids need a bit of structure and a little bit of guidance here and there. <laughs> well, yeah, structure is definitely important because if it all becomes free form. Yeah, like then, not too much time on the screens, you know. <laughs> well, isn't that the good one today? Oh, it's really interesting that you bring that up because... You know, we had computers in the house. We had the old Atari 2600. Yeah. Uh, Joystick. Stick. You know, the Commodore 64 and, and DVD players came out. So there was no need to be attached to it all the time. And I find that mm. really interesting. And yeah. admittedly, there is, there is the pull, even for someone like me who didn't grow up with it. One of the men in my men's group is sort of almost generationally different. He's a little bit younger than the older guys in the group. And, and 
he said recently that he's the only one in the group that grew up with Facebook and social media being a thing already. Mm. He didn't move into it. And so he has a different relationship with it. That got me thinking, well, my kids are further in that because everything's connected. Like they've got touch screens, right? Even by accident, you just move past a a screen at a shopping center somewhere and they can (laughs) work it all out and all the information's there. (laughs) And the screen has actually got a video in it capturing what they're doing. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's, to me, I, 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 there's no way for me to understand what it is to be so symbiotic with that kind of technology mm. and be so connected all the time. So, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a completely different experience. And being sort of within this Steiner community where everyone gets a little bit militant about screen time and no screen time, I think that's another thing that we have to balance. You know, it's not, it's not the... 19th century it's not in the, yeah. not in the 20th century anymore right so <laughs> totally yeah we've, we've got to find how that all fits because as soon as you say no you know the big thing with you know i don't know about you but the big thing when i was given is no smoking don't smoke yeah stay away from pot <laughs> uh, don't go and drink so what does everyone go and do they work out ways of doing that at some point a little bit earlier than they're supposed to oh, do. Oh, it must be good, all that stuff. <laughs> oh, you're all doing it, <laughs> right? So Exactly. How do you manage this thing that is manifestly connected to everything? I don't know. That's, that's, that's a quandary for parents right now. Matt, I think the key word that you you know, that we're talking about here is balance. It's just maintaining some kind of balance, um, which, which I think is the challenge. You'll never have this perfect balance. Everything won't be perfectly balanced all the time, whether it's at work or personally, mentally, physically, with your family, you know, fi- even financially, right? <laughs> sometimes you've so got heaps of cash. Sometimes you're going, fuck, am I going to pay the mortgage this month? <laughs> but um, yeah, for screen time with the kids, I think, yeah, my wife is, she's pretty good at um, keeping keeping that balance and keeping the kids in check. They still get a solid amount of time on the, on the, on the screens. I, coming from, you know, being an 80s kid, I would prefer that he's, you know, on a gaming console, you know, with a joystick or, you know, like an Xbox or something. But, um, yeah, my son's not as interested in that. He was once. We did play a basketball NBA game once together, uh, and that was fun. <laughs> but uh, uh, a friend of mine just gave our kids like an old PS3, oh, yeah. with all these old games on it, which were all wonderful and immersive. Yeah, kids haven't touched the console. <laughs> okay, radio. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I would have loved to have that. It's a different thing. And, uh, I remember I had a uh, one of the a, C- a Sega Mega Drive, and wow! On a school night, I was playing uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, that was the big one, wasn't and it? And I remember the, I was playing it for so long, I just lost track of time. You know, I was completely, I was just so inspired by this game, right? And I was just so into it. And I looked out the window, and the sun was coming up, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Oops. Oh. 
Oops. It must have been like 5 a.m. Saw the sun come up, so I'm like, okay, turn the console off, go to bed. And uh, <laughs> I think ever since that 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 gaming session, I've sort of something triggered in my mind. It's like maybe don't waste so much time on video games. You know, just I still love them, but I don't know. I haven't got that same that same love for them to play them all night. It's time and place, though, isn't it? Sometimes that is exactly what you need, some level of escapism. And if you can't just go bush and walk about, then maybe you need to lose yourself in. That's an interesting idea, yeah. loss of yeah. self. In, in a book or a movie or whatever it is. Yeah. Video games. And vi video games can be great. Yeah. There's one here, uh, Ori and the Will of the Wisps is one of the ones. It's a Nintendo Wii game. Oh, yeah. And it's like a for forest spirit, you know, saving the forest. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, it's got some meaning to it. And because it's not an online game, there's none of this you know, carrot dangling kind of psychological warfare going on. You just play the game <laughs> and you get to the end yeah. of it. And when you get to the end of it, yeehaw. And then maybe there are other pathways through it so you can play it again. But it doesn't just continue to keep going. and You don't have to turn up 10 times to get this so you can get that and then you mm. can do this and and then buy more credits and then buy more credits and ask mum and dad for buy more credits <laughs> and watch this ad to do this it's like whoa it's just yeah. psychological warfare on children totally man and we so, haven't got you know we're not what sitting there watching over their shoulder for for an hour or so you know while they're playing it we've got no idea what's going on there no so there has to be some trust and it's i mean that's very similar to when my mum and dad would let me watch movies at night, they'd just say, if this is the rating, at least come and ask us before you just sit there watching some kind of 80s titty movie or something like that. <laughs> Total recall. <laughs> Die hard. I mean, the 80s gets a bad rap, but geez, there was some good stuff that came out of it. Worth a giggle. Oh, so good. Worth a giggle. <laughs> my boy was talking about Rick Astley the other day. Who? Rick Astley, you know, the whole Rick Roll thing. You know, never going to give you up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Stock Aitken and Waterman, saccharine sweet stuff. It's coming back. Oh, yuck. But it's, you know, it's a bit of a joke now. So it's all, it's all retro and cool because it was just so cringy back in the day. Totally. So funny. How do you know him? <laughs> Some meme pops up somewhere and away we go. Yeah. Or a remix of a song, you know, that we grew up listening to and they remix it into a techno version and the kids are just loving it. So and, like, and then we put the original song on, they're like, turn that off. That sounds terrible. That's the original. <laughs> the original. It's funny when it goes the other way. I remember playing Hurt, uh, Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt, mm. which is just brilliant. And uh, played it for my dad. He's like, I love it. I said, okay, I'm going to play you the original version by Nine Inch Nails. He's like, no, Nine Inch Nails covered Johnny Cash. Oh, <laughs> no, mate, we're the other way around. Let me play the original version. <laughs> this, is a, this, one's, this one's dark, isn't it? Well, they're both dark, Dad. He was, he was like, what? Johnny Cash covered Nine Inch Nails? So I get the, I get the vinyl out. I'm like, well, here's uh, Johnny Cash covering Soundgarden. And... <laughs> Oh, Depeche nice. Mode and whoever else he covered. Yeah. What do you think of that? Do you like that? Yeah. It just was okay. I mean, Johnny Cash could have done anything. I'm pretty sure that Trent Reznor doesn't 
even play that song live anymore because he said, well, Johnny Cash played it. Mm. It's Johnny Cash's song now. I, like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> can't compete. <laughs> well, how could you? It's Johnny Cash. Oh, dear. All right. So we've done parenting, families, Steiner schools. Where should we go next? Big questions, Jay. The big questions. We're asking totally. the big questions. Totally. Um, we could go around the world. We could. Or what's big for you right now? Um, right now, we're just grateful to get out of lockdown in New South Wales. <laughs> get some form of normal life back, which has been great. Um, so that seeing was friends socializing again. <laughs> so with the lockdown, was that was it the whole state or was it sort of a, a blank area outside of Sydney? How did it? Yeah, pretty much Greater Sydney. It was of which you are, even though you're miles away. Even though we're miles away and we're right. a nice little quiet coastal town, they just yeah threw a blanket over the central coast and some random kind of drawing on a map. Yeah. yeah, we'll we'll make those people stay at home and ruin a few businesses. Totally. Yeah, totally. I think probably because so many people commute, do the daily commute down to Sydney for work, because um, there's so much work in Sydney, obviously. So mm-hmm. that was a that was the easy thing for the government to do. So. So yeah. it was a week or so ago that it all lifted. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So last weekend was sort of the first the first weekend of freedom, if you want to call it that. <laughs> the new freedom. <laughs> right, just watching the narrative on the news about Freedom Day. Oh, man. Makes, yeah. makes my ear hair curl. Makes you cringe, eh? Just, uh, like, I mean, the news media has been disgusting for decades, but watching the way that this whole thing is being reported, it's just, I mean, you wouldn't see anything different with state-sponsored media. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. Like, and any discussion of, you know, we were talking about balance before, so any discussion that's not part of the narrative is therefore extreme mm. and, and other, and we shan't speak of that. Yeah. Dangerous stuff. So, so freedom you were talking about. So what's changed in, in and around your little hamlet there? Um, well, like cafes and restaurants are opening up um, for people to actually add up, dine in and sit down again. So, you know, it's been like basically takeaway, takeaway only for the last four months. Um, so it's good to, good to be able to go to the pub with a mate and have a beer again. Yeah, and just sort of catch up, catch up with yeah with friends and just have conversations you know like this but face to face you know over a beer without feeling like you're doing anything illegal so true and i think that is the big thing in and around the pandemic and lockups is status of mental health and the ramifications of separation yeah and not being spoken of i've not seen any initiative by any governments anywhere really talking about what needs to happen in and around traumatic experiences of loneliness and separation. Mm. 
Yeah. We are tribal animals. Yeah. We, we want to be connected. We want to have conversations. Totally. You want to be able to give your mate a hug. You know? <laughs> exactly right. And, and this kind of connection is wonderful. It's one type of connection. And yet it can't replace physically being in the same space with someone. Yeah, totally. Being face-to-face with another human. <laughs> Which is just a lovely thing. And as you say, physical contact. I mean, there's enough science around saying how important physical contact is for human wellness. Yeah. My nan's really. stuck in uh, you know, resident, residential care and they're all locked down, even though everything else is getting unlocked down because mm. they're at risk population. Even if my folks wanted to get in, they probably couldn't get in. It's just, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's not cool. It's not cool. That's, uh, I think that's where the work is going to be when it comes out of this. And we get past vax, not vax, passport, not passport. You can go here, you can't go there. It's going to be just helping people put themselves back together again. Mm. It's going to not have anything to do with a virus or no. a treatment of the virus. So it's going to be... Yeah. It's Help going. people get their life back or rebuild, rebuild what they've, yeah, yeah. What they've lost. And mm. even outside of the context of you know, maybe a business fell over or a job disappeared or someone made a decision that saw them get laid off or whatever, even beyond that, just sort of the root mental wellness mm. of being and being able to be as you want to be mm. outside of all of the financial stuff, which is massively important in this society and outside of status of job and role and responsibility. So, I'm not worried about it, but that it's definite. That kind of stuff's definitely on my mind. And you know, like you share a similar space to me working with men and yeah, coaching in in a somewhat similar capacity. This is the kind of stuff that we all need to start looking into as well. It's not just uh, yeah, definitely. Ooh. I think when 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 you know parts of the community go into you know lockdown, it, it puts pressure on on people. Not yeah, not just men, obviously. Of course, women and wives and children, and it's a it's a real disruption to people's lives. And the pressure comes with the relationship, you know, the relationships, husbands, wives, even you know, when you're in lockdown and you got a girlfriend on the other side of <laughs> on the other side of town, and you're it's like illegal to get leave five kilometers from your house, and puts pressure. So obviously, people breaking up because they're too far away or they're breaking up because they're too close and they're spending too much time together. It's like, this, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. Yeah, massive challenges that people uh-huh. are going through in society. And it's, yeah, taking its toll on our, on our mental health for sure. Are you seeing anything in particular in your practice, you know, in terms of a shift or um, um, coming up or? I think just the, the fact that people, kind of can't go and do what they want is really, you know, it's dis- disempowering. You know, people who love, you know, socialising and going to going out and catching up with mates and friends for barbecues or whatever it is, going out for dinner, even playing sport, you know, like 
playing footy together or basketball together or whatever, soccer or something, not being having all those things, you know, haven't been able to do them for the last four months. That's, I think that's a real outlet for people um, to, yeah, to maintain, you know, a healthy, you know, healthy mindset and stay well, you know, and when you can't do those things that you love, it, yeah, puts pressure on you. And, and, and so mentally how, and physically. Yeah. How, how have you been helping like people in your circle, that kind of stuff? Yeah, just trying to trying to put to share, you know, a message or tips on on ways that can help help get through, um, you know, challenging times. Um, I've been doing a lot of one on one one on one coaching sessions just over Zoom because um, I haven't been able to do the physical one on one. So that's been good, you know, still being able to be there for people and help them process stuff and clear challenges and stress and anxiety and shame and guilt or whatever it is that they're going through. Um, I think just just being there, you know, just communicating with people through text messages, phone calls, direct messages on Instagram, Facebook. Um, I love I love communicating with everyone. So I'm always always like like to stay connected um, whether we're in lockdown or not in some way, shape or form, you know. Video calls are good, so you can actually see see people and and feel that connection without being there physically. Um, yeah, that's what I've been up to. And is it moving in a different direction now that we've gone through this pandemic? Of course, it still continues, but now that you've got this, this openness of the communities, are things changing with? what people might be coming to you with? Or? Yeah, well, I, I went and I did a, my first, um, you know, one-on-one face-to-face um, coaching session with a client yesterday, which was awesome, you know, um, first time in like four months. So yeah, that's that's my jam, man. I love, I love doing that. <laughs> um, that's where I'm living on, you know, living on purpose, living the and, dream, doing what I love. And so what's the, how would you describe the work that you do? What what are you what are you facilitating? Is it is it change? Is it transition? Is it inner work? Yeah, it's um, all of the above, really. Um, uh, my my sort of my background is in like I've done tons of personal development and self help work uh, through my late twenties, early thirties, and um, then did a lot of business business coaching, business stuff. So um, I sort of I sort of see myself as, I guess, a lifestyle entrepreneur, for use of a better word, um, and I try and help others uh, create a create a life that they love and and connect that with with some form of career or business, um, you know, vision or mission, and and create a um, create a life that that gives gives back in both both areas, you know, both personally and um, and in, in, in business or, or, or their career. So, yeah. Um, God, I've, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, like the last five or six sessions I've done with clients and it goes from help them help one client with a relationship challenges going through, helped another client with a strategy on um, helping him um, set up a new, a new business that is just, just be basically decided they've got to get out of his corporate role and into his own business. That's what he'd love to do. And he just, you know, 
dedicate 12 hours a day to to creating that um yeah help help people you know create more 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 love in their life through through relationships with family members um help them process and uh through challenges that one guy was going through uh had a challenge really massive challenges with his mom and yeah just couldn't couldn't see you know an upside of all the shit she was giving him <laughs> so try and help people you know balance out their mindsets you know what we we're talking about earlier um yeah so it goes from yeah business money did some money stuff help some help do some numbers uh with a client recently and help him help him how to uh how to how much he could spend on a property so my before i got into sort of coaching and and, and uh, my other construction business i was a mortgage broker so i understand how to get money from the bank to buy houses <laughs> so people still come to me for for some uh some advice around that as well so yeah business property and life is probably and surfing is probably my top four <laughs> yeah surfing to keep you sane yeah surfing's number one hundred <laughs> percent there's the uniqueness for you let's just go meet in the surf yes I'll meet you out the back. Absolutely. Bring your own board. Yes. <laughs> well, I got a few in my boardroom. If you need me to bring one of mine to, to ride one of mine. <laughs> I've taken to uh, having literally having meetings on the beach. Mm. Uh, it changes the dynamic in such a beautiful way from this static sit at a table. Would you like a coffee? What kind of coffee do you want? Two sugars with that. <laughs> and then just staring at you know staring at someone across a meter and a half of timber or something. Mm. Last man I met on the beach had met him before. He's like, "Hi, I'm gonna just give him a hug." Like this is how it works, right? This is this is my energy. If you're interested in working with me, this is what you get. Bang, hug, right? What's big for you right now? Let's jump in and we'll go for a walk on the beach. Mm. I went for a walk on the beach. It's just one session everything starts to fall into place for this guy because it's all there, right? There's the beach. The waves are going up and down and crashing on the shore and dogs are running around being dogs and people having a good time. <laughs> it's all there. Like all the answers that you need are just here, mate. Yeah. We just got to, we just got to reconnect with that stuff. This is the best like first meeting I've ever had. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying myself too. We're just having a chat. It's not, yeah. it's, not, it's not coaching. It's just a conversation between two men on a journey together. Yeah, totally. I love that. So love like, that. Oh, we have to work together. We just have to work it all out. We just have to do this, do that. Yeah, it's going to be great. Okay. You know, like when you're ready, I'm not going to try and sell you into it. It's not a strategy call. There are business coaches listening to this going, you dickhead. I could have done this and that and asked this question. Yeah, I know all that. It's all right. I need it. <laughs> it's a walk and talk. It's a, it's a walk and talk. It's, yeah. it's organic. There's nothing worse than, and I, and I found this both as the client and as the coach. There's nothing worse than one of the parties feeling like they were harangued or convinced into something. Mm. And even when it all goes right, at the end of the process, there's still a little itch at the back of the head saying, I don't know if that was my decision or not. <laughs> I feel like I've been persuaded. Yeah. <laughs> Coerced. 
Yeah, you don't want any clients to feel like that. No, exactly right. Nor do you want to feel like that yourself when you start working with someone, yeah. whether you're the coach or the client. You know, mm. it has to be. It has to be a real, a real connection there, and a real reason for that work to happen. My opinion. I mean, people can be listening to this, and you might be the same. Don't go. No, that's bullshit. That's okay because that's that's fine. Everyone has to come at it differently. Everyone's got their own opinion. You can think what they want. Joy of opinion. <laughs> yeah, I remember talking to a mentor of mine a couple of years ago when I was I was saying, "Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna get started. You know, coaching and facilitating business. Um, we'll relaunch it. I did I did a lot of facilitating at some events in the 2009, 2010, and then after that went and you know had had some kids and created a business and been doing that for sort of last 10 years but about three years ago a mentor of mine she i said I, I want to be known as a mentor i said to her i want to be a mentor she goes i will just be you know just be cautious that people that want mentors um want to be just basically told what to do you know you go to a mentor and be told what to do it's like you come to me and go i've got this problem how do i fix it well you go and do this this and this and problem solved and I said, oh, well, I don't really want to just tell people what to do. I would prefer to have a, you know, a really inspiring conversation with them and ask them some really quality questions to kind of ignite that fire inside them to start them thinking about, oh, yeah, this is, you know, what I want to do with my life or my business or my relationship or my situation and get them to get the answers for themselves. And I'm just like the facilitator, helping kind of guide them through, yeah, guide them through a process and guide them through a process that I've either learnt or created and help them come up with the, the answers and solutions that are right oh. for them. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a mentor and, I, and when I first approached him, he said, this is sort of follows the Socratic approach to mentoring, which is we don't give advice. Hmm. You talk, you tell us where you want to go. We will ask poignant questions of you. You come up with the answer. That's great. Such a beautiful way of framing it. Yeah. I, you know, I used to own a gym. So that the, the context of coaching in a gym is teaching and instruction and then policing of technique. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then accountability in turning up. But the vast majority of it is very strict and controlled. That's what the coaching is. There's not a great opportunity for exploration. This is, this is the workout. These are the techniques. This is how you have to do the techniques to remain safe. If you want to look at efficiencies, then these are the things that we can do within this technique. And this is what we can focus on for you to get you to improve X, Y, and Z. And this, of course, parallels moving into normal coaching. But very, very strict boundaries in and around what's available for exploration. Yeah, that's cool. Got out of that, moved into yeah. business coaching by accident. Yeah, right. <laughs> because because everyone was coming to me because I had a successful gym. Asking, yep. how do I start my gym? Or <laughs> I want to I want to start something, how do I start it? Well, I can tell you what I did, doesn't mean it's going to be right for you. And all of a sudden I've got a business coaching practice by accident. <laughs> and then that becomes 
it's not about business. It's about what's going on between people's ears for the most part. Yeah. So organically that thing falls over because I'm coaching people in a way that they don't want to be coached, even though I know it's what they need and not ready for that message yet. Yeah. <laughs> but then I have to give myself a new label so people understand what I do. Mm. And, and what I've been moving towards is this more open, expansive idea of how to help people on the journey. So it's not prescriptive, mm. which is really interesting because, the, as you say, a lot of people want to be able to come to you as a coach or a mentor or a person in a, some kind of guiding role and think you've got the answers to every question. Mm. <laughs> I've got the answers. I've got the answers. Well, but it's a, trap, it's a trap, right, Jay, because you give someone the answers to the question that they've got right now, they don't learn the skill set to find the answers within themselves. Totally, yeah. If anyone's saying, I've got all the answers, <laughs> be cautious. <laughs> so exactly right. Uh, yeah, no one has all the answers. No. And, and it's funny because I've, I've recently just jumped back into social media in a more conscious way. I got well away for it for, for a long time. So I'm like for Facebook, for example, I'm only using groups within Facebook so I can have conversations that I want to have. And I, most of the time I stay away from the news feed. And, hmm. Cool. But I will mindfully scroll it sometimes, hmm. which I did this morning, which was a really interesting activity in a whole bunch of coaches coming up telling me how I could be a better coach. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I've never heard of you before, champion. <laughs> and well, you you're not saying anything that all of these books in the bookshelf haven't said before. And the fun one for me is, I don't know if you'll like this, Joe, but this makes me giggle. You don't have to pay for ads to get clients. And then I look at it and it's an ad that's being paid for. <laughs> I, just, I just want to say, hang on a moment. <laughs> I don't understand. What well, are the ones that, how funny the ones that are like, um, hi, Adam, I've, I've, you've got this great, you know, I've got this great thing. You've got to join me and I've got all the answers. And um, tell me, tell me, how much do you want to earn this year? And he was like, what? How about buy me a drink first? Yeah. Yeah, that's always the good one. Like, but you know, like more power to them because they attract people and they do make money. And at some point, they'll move on to something that's more meaningful. And it's all okay. Like, it's all part of the journey. Yeah. I've paid so much money for coaching over my life. And even the shit stuff has been beneficial. Hmm. But there is something to find. You know? There's always, there always, always something there. Totally. Totally. Um, it, it's just a, it's a funny world. And I was talking to another mentor. I've got too many mentors. To even <laughs> name. And I'm glad we brought that up. I'm glad we brought that up because that was something that I was thinking we should talk about today. How many mentors have we had over the years? Oh, geez. I, I could, honestly, I couldn't name them all because there's been paid, unpaid, official, unofficial, yeah. structured, unstructured, people that have just come in and offered assistance. You don't. Um, yeah. But this, this one that I was just, just getting into uh, he said to me, you know, why are you so hung up on what you call yourself? 
because I was, I was saying I don't want to call myself a coach mm. because everyone else is a coach. <laughs> and he said, and he said, but you are a coach, and everyone knows you in that capacity. Okay, so I won't put any weight on the title, but I'll still use the title. You're like kicking and screaming, but I don't want to be known as a coach. <laughs> well, it was just, he just called me out a bit of bullshit, really. It was just an attachment to a word. Yeah. And it's like, it's only been a little while that I'm okay. Well, I am going to put out to the universe that I'm a men's coach. Mm. And I'm going to use that terminology purely and simply so people can get and grasp what it is I do and for whom. Yeah. Simplifies everything rather than me Beautiful. trying to work out some yeah. esoteric weird word that like means that, nothing. Man. Yeah, I like that. That's cool. It's, it's interesting how we can tie ourselves in knots, isn't it? Totally. Oh, in- man, I've been there. You, it's because you've got to, obviously, it's a business, right? So you've got to market your business. You know, it's not like I'm uh, from Jay's Plumbing and I offer plumbing services. It's like, <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm a coach. All right, yeah, I'm a coach and a business owner. So I'll be like, all right. Let's throw, let's throw, you know, I'm, I'm being going between, am I a life, a life strategist? Cause I don't want to be known as a life coach and, or am I like, cause I've had a bunch of businesses successful and, and a couple of failures. So am I an entrepreneur? It's like, am I, and, but my whole ethos or, you know, thing that I'm trying to get out for myself first is that I want to live this incredible lifestyle, you know, a lifestyle that's aligned with me. Just exactly what I love doing. And but I also love business as well. So I go, I like the title either life strategist or a lifestyle entrepreneur. So but I'm also a coach, right? A coach and a facilitator. So <laughs> So ultimately it doesn't matter. I'm like you, man. It's like call me whatever you want. I help people. <laughs> yeah. It's just a very interesting space to be in. I love it. I love it so much. And, and- one of, one of my deepest sort of journeys inward to find out, I was doing some purpose work with someone and it took me a while to work out that what I've been doing since I was 16 is coaching. Mm. I started coaching martial arts when I was 16. Oh, cool. Teaching martial arts, which is, it's, I mean, when it's in that kind of a physical context, there's a coaching component mm-hmm. to it because at 16, I'm not really teaching because I'm not imparting knowledge. It's just helping people with techniques that the senior instructors have Taught, right so yeah so it is coaching it's facilitating it coaching. yeah it's, totally. it's holding space right it's just allowing for people to work their stuff out yeah so i'm 40 working out that i've been doing it for 25 years already oh shit there's like that's the thread <laughs> and so sometimes the work i do with people when people are stuck on, on who am i and what am i doing I mean, I, I want you to get past the doing and move into the being, but like, hey, let's talk about what you've been doing for. What's the common thread? What's the common thread? And I'm having a chat with a man later this afternoon who's got the big question of, I need to, I need to stop what I'm doing now and go and do something else. What am I mm-hmm. going to go and do next? So one of the questions I will ask him is, what's the common thread? Like, what have you been doing all your life that links everything up? Mm. Because that's pointing to your genius. Hell yeah. You already tapped into it. You just can't remember that you tapped into it. So this is my work. This is where I get really excited, right? I'm going to point you back to remembering and reconnecting. Yeah. Ah, so there's really good questions to help them go deep. Go yeah. deeper than they've gone. 
in a long time. <laughs> that's, see, that's where, and that's that's uh, sounds like a sales pitch, and, and I don't want it to. But that's that's my approach to coaching. So for the last couple of years, I've been working as a hypnotherapist. So the whole idea is to get into this relaxed yet hyper-focused space that we call trance to work some shit out. Mm. So I use that without it being induction or anything like that. It's just the idea of, okay, I can help you drop into that space really quickly where you've already got the answers or you've got some inkling of what's going on. So let's use that. Yeah, cool. And, and, and let's go deep fast. Let's not stay on the surface where your monkey mind's doing all of the... <laughs> Telling you a story. You're like, mate, five minutes later. <laughs> exactly right. So let's get, out of, let's get out of your head mind and get into your heart mind, out of your head intelligence into your heart intelligence. Right, what's going on here? Yeah. Boom. You already know. You already know. It's the most important part. Oh, it's, that's, and it's so good when people... That's the aha moment. They go, oh... Uh-huh. Oh shit. Oh, <laughs> like any of those, <laughs> any of those variations. All right. We're onto something. Uh-huh. This guy's either going to run away with his hair on fire or he's going to jump in. Yeah. You know, it's like, so that's, that's on fire and then jump in. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, so, so navigating, that's part of what you have to do as the coach as the guide, right? He's like, not light their hair on fire, <laughs> not scare them away. Just open the door that's a crack. Good. Yeah, totally. So, it's so true. It's, quite, it's very, um, yeah, people are very vulnerable and, you know, it's when how much they want to share and how open When you pull all those layers back. Yeah. They, oh, shit. I wasn't ready to see that part of myself. Yeah. Oh, well, we've let the cat out of the bag, champion. <laughs> um, what are we going to do about it now? They're like, I had this strategy and it was working for so long, I could just keep avoiding it. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of the things I do now is I just say, look, I work with men who are already on the journey. If you're starting the journey, I can point you in a direction of someone else or some material. But this, this coaching program is for people who've already sort of opened the door and started walking through it. Because mm. we're going we're gonna to start walking through some more doors. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you want a deep yeah. dive. Mm. Maybe, maybe if you're not ready for the deep dive, that's okay. Yeah, you're right. It's like a bit like walking to the ha- walking inside the house of yourself, right? It's all these different areas and different rooms and hallways you can go down to learn. See, and that's, then, then this whole thing opens up, Jay, where men's coaches and even outside of the men's coaching realm, we can also we can start cross-pollinating and pointing people to the right direction because there's so much abundance that it's weird, right? We're in this space of self-help, personal development, self-realization. Yeah. So many people won't share. Yeah. They won't. <laughs> Someone comes into their little world, can't help them, but they don't point them to someone else. It's just an amazing dichotomy. So, okay, that's all right. Yeah. Maybe next session we'll get there. Yeah, well, there's a lot of that, right? I can't help you, but I'll keep charging you for money and come back. Interesting. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's human. I just love all this stuff because ultimately you're starting to work out what motivates people Mm. on both sides of that equation. Yeah. It's different to working in a gym or working in any other business because you're like really interacting human, human to human, right? And we're complex beings. (laughs) Definitely. There's a lot going on. Yeah. It's not like you're going down to the 
the local cafe and you're buying a toasted ham and cheese sandwich it's like easy transactional you know yeah but yeah i'm I'm with you man i'm i love it and i'll be doing it for the rest of my life (laughs) yeah Yeah. i've got a long-term vision for it what's that oh working in this space you know as a coach facilitator yeah Something yeah. I can see myself doing until I'm in, you know, to my eighties or nineties. You yeah, see, that's that's lovely, right? That you can just continue to do it. That yeah. it's not a do it until I make enough money and then I can just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Do Do you have a clear, like, a vision in your head where you see where you're going and what you're creating? Um, I've got visions. I've got visions. I've, you know, that's good. In terms of. I d- even just saying doing that till I'm 80 or 90, I was like, I know I want to do that, but I haven't got a crystal clear vision of what it looks like when I'm 90. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm That's more, okay. At the moment, I'm sort of only, I've only sort of reignited this business about two two years ago. So, and then obviously COVID came around, so timing <laughs> it slowed things, slowed progress down. But um, yeah, same I'm sort for of me, looking, same for me. looking at right now. What can I do right now? Into you know, one, three, five years from now. So I've got, uh, obviously been a coach, I've set myself some goals and some, some targets of how many, how many people I'd love to work with um, between now and then. Um, so yeah, I've got that far. <laughs> yeah, I've only recently started to clarify how I want this container to develop and the one thing that keeps coming back to me is a rather large chunk of land mm. for my family to live on. Don't exactly know where, sort of hinterland kind of land. But a big enough space that I can build a little village on it of like bungalows or tiny houses or something like that that are used for retreats and for people to come to. Mm. Yeah. Almost monastically, but you know, no religion, no kind of structure in that way. Yeah, there's this space there that the retreats and the activities and everything can be run there. And even if there's like a big fire circle of men, you can do the work deep into the night. Then everyone has got a place to stay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like this this retreat in the true sense of the word, where you can retreat from the world mm. to this place. Yeah, and do the work. Yeah. Now it won't just be for men, of course. At that point, when I get there, it'll be you know, men bring your families, men bring your friends. So this has started to to come up for me, and I told my wife about it recently. She said, oh, "Okay." I said, <laughs> "Yeah, well, you could, you just have to choose whether you're coming along." Because <laughs> I've got I've got the idea of the house and our space, and removed from that is where the work will be done. So and big land. Oh, that actually sounds really nice. Yeah. I probably just kind of went, blah, here's my idea. <laughs> Hang on a moment. <laughs> but that's really, that's really nice. Just having, having some kind of beautiful idea or picture to work towards, even if you don't get towards it, it, it sort of pulls you along. Yeah, totally. What's that saying? It's like if you aim for the moon and if you don't quite get there, at least you're up, up with the stars. <laughs> something like that yeah something like that <laughs> no, yeah and no, i like that i've um 
I've been in touch with a, a good mate of mine um, who's got a beautiful property up, up in the mid coast. So we're uh, planning on putting on a retreat up there sort of around sort of Easter time next year, which will be good. Yeah. That's my plan is to run two or three, two or three, maybe more retreats a year um, and make it easy, you know, whether it's in the hinterland or somewhere easy for people to drive to. They can just disconnect and get away and spend two or three nights, you know, resetting and recharging and really, yeah, doing some really cl deep clearing work on themselves and um, yeah, come back. Come back to the real world, you know, refreshed. <laughs> Sounds beautiful. We all need that every now yeah. and again. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I just think it's a wonderful thing that there are so many opportunities to do that now. I'm talking with a friend up here who has property about an hour away. And you know, creating some space for some men to do some work, big fire, mm. walk, walks in the bush, quiet time, reflective time. Yeah. You know, like the, almost the yin to the yang of being working, doing, supporting, uh, you know, creating, rah, 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 rah. Mm, mm. <laughs> doing, doing, doing. <laughs> I often say to my close male friends, that I, I'm drawn to this idea of walkabout that the native peoples did. You know, the men would just go off for a big walk and come back three months later. Now, clearly it doesn't really work like that in this day and age, but the idea is so wonderful to... Mm remove oneself and spend time with oneself. I, um, I was watching a video clip with Sadhguru yesterday and he was talking about people being in their 20s not knowing what they want to do. That the one thing that they really need to do is go and find a place by themselves for two to three days where they don't see anyone else. Mm. And sit with themselves and see what comes up. And that's when you work it out. You can't work it out with other people. Yeah. You have to do it by yourself. So you've got to create time and space in your life for, yeah, just to be sit with yourself, right? Yeah. Misconception being that you can do it in an hour with someone. You know, you need more time. Like, go and immerse yourself. You mm. immerse yourself. So that's part of what I'm trying to develop at the moment outside of the coaching is that, you know, these containers in different places where you can immerse yourself. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if there must be somewhere already that's sort of set up similar. Yeah, there are places. Up your way. Yeah, there are yeah. places. Yeah. And there are you know, like monastery type places up here as well. There are yoga retreats. There's a lot of different stuff. Hmm. So Something about creating your own one, though, isn't there? <laughs> well, yeah. And, and also not having, you know, there's something lovely about. having no structure, you know, but having enough of a container that there's an understanding of what's happening and what it's about and what it's for, but not necessarily have to run, having to run a process over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so we can really and truly move from doing into being. Because mm -hmm. if, if you go into a, a space that's a retreat and it's okay, we're getting up at five o'clock and you're going to have a fruit cleanse shake for breakfast and then at 5 30 you'll have your massage and then at 5 45 you'll have reiki and then we're going to meditate for two hours and then you'll get a moment to have a drink of water and you can go to the mm. it's 
what's the difference? You're packing in all of this personal development work in a scheduled context. Mm. But where's the time just to, ah. Mm. So that, that's what I'm investigating. Where's, yeah. the, where's the time to, ah. Which is an interesting thing when you're considering how do I sell that to someone? And so you've got to kind of almost pull that idea of selling it away, right? It's just, it's not to be sold. It's almost because it's, it's selling the invisible. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Or if you, when you're selling something, you want to add as much value and as much into it um, to, you know, sell, to show people how valuable, you know, the experience or the retreat's going to be. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting one because again, these are ideas that percolate and bubble around and lots of people will be having these ideas and how do you bring them to fruition? Mm. Especially, especially when again, it's the invisible because that work is all internal and, and processes are lovely, but they're only the, they're the entryway. The work's a completely different thing. Yeah, definitely. I remember when I was drafting up, you know, what what the what my retreats um, would look like, and yeah, I was like trying to pack in so much, and I sort of got a got a friend to run their eyes over it, who's run retreats before, and she was like, "Well, you haven't created any space for people to just be, be have free time." You know, she she called it free time, but it's like it's like what you're saying. It's like time just to do whatever the you want <laughs> in a, in a space or an area beautiful location which you know they can't just walk down and see their wife or kids or friends or you know there's no pubs there or cafes it's like you've got to be with yourself now <laughs> yeah it's huge and see what comes up yeah it's so huge and i can remember being on retreats where the realizations happened after the sessions so you do the session work and then it'd be okay you've got an hour or two hours to yourself that's when it would all drop mm. ah, okay that's yep okay get because when you're in it it's kind of like when you read a book you read a book and there's some brilliant piece of wisdom in it and you might read it again and again and again it's not you put the book down and go for a walk that that actually hits and you go oh that's what that means to me right now mm. Give yourself time to process it. Yeah, absorb it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's different it just being through your ears into your brain. Like how do you embody that? How does it get right in? Mm. You know, into your bones, into your heart, into your soul. Yeah. Yeah, man. I Because I, I live, you know, like I said, 90 minutes from Sydney, I got to commute down to Sydney once or twice a week. And I do love those... I do love, you know, jumping on podcasts, listening to podcasts and, it, and learning stuff. I love that. But I do also love just jumping in the car, not switching on the radio for an hour and a half and just just driving and just sitting with my thoughts, you know, just empty, empty car, dead silence. Just hear, all I can hear is the road, you know, yeah. and just cruising and just like, no, just, just be, man. Just be. <laughs> I have to distract myself. Chill. I don't have to pour anything else into my cup right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thing. I sometimes do that with, uh, I'll just find some a gentle background music, no lyrics, and something really subtle that's sort of just like a little undercurrent. It's kind of like white noise, like you're saying, like hearing the tires on the road. Mm. And that's enough because it just supports the, the whatever's going on. 
Yeah. Without it being more input, more input, more input. Totally. Overfilling the glass, right? More, 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 more. <laughs> yeah. So I go through like, I, I, I go, my, my personality is very like, go for it, get as much done as possible and then do whatever, <laughs> do whatever you feel like doing. <laughs> And I think that's that's one of the things I love about owning my own businesses and it's being able to, yeah, create that space where it's like, I'm okay, this morning I'm not getting up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. I'm just going to wake up and have a cup of tea and toast with my, my wife and kids, take the kids to school or go for a, go for a surf. And, yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. I'll get into work at about 10, 10.30. 11 whenever <laughs> and then other days like yesterday i'm like you know i'm up at five and i'm home at 10 p.m <laughs> and i'm at, you know i'm still and i've still got energy i'm just i've still got energy at 8 p.m at night it's like i could just keep going <laughs> so go in these kind of like waves a bit like the ocean right sometimes the ocean's massive and there's heaps of energy and sometimes it's dead flat and calm yeah it's definitely important to be aware of that and tap into it and not not push yourself when it's an ebb mm. and also not try and relax when you've got all the energy because it's just, just shaking your legs and your whole body <laughs> to go somewhere and you're trying to sit still totally totally yeah yeah i do love having that that sort of freedom and flexibility it's cool everyone deserves it right <laughs> true well that's that's why i moved up here and i think that's Beach is calling to me right now, so mm. I'm going to uh, go and get my togs on. Sounds good. Sounds now, you, good. You back in the beach today or back in the water today? Nah, probably not. Probably not. Go and grab a bite to eat with the missus and uh, and I've got a coaching call this afternoon at three for an hour and a half or so. So back on, back on the laptop. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we will be doing that at exactly the same time. Mm. But first, beach. But first, beach. Always first, beach. Yeah. Great I've done my you, beach. Dave. I've done my beach. You get out there, man. I need, to, I need to get back in. I've only walked past it. I haven't been in the water yet. So it's time yeah. to get into the water before it gets too hot right. and uh, I get burnt to a cinder. <laughs> Go for it, mate. Jay, thanks. thanks so much for your time. It's been awesome having you. Awesome, mate. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Legend.